The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world, built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold of the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. Folks, 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 it's Sunday, and we have been recording all day. We just got done a couple hours ago with a great interview with fan favorite of the Thomas Paine podcast, co-host of the Thomas Paine Podcast on Fridays, broadcaster Maria Albanese, a very close friend of mine over the last couple of years. We've worked on a lot of stories together. We've shared a lot of personal life experiences with with each other. And so I am filling in for Commander Payne tonight, Sunday night, and uh, Monday morning. So I decided, what the heck, I'm going to interview Maria Albanese. I said to her, hey, Maria, what subjects would you like to cover? I am filling in for Mike. I want to step outside of the technocracy and transhumanism for a little bit. We're 27, 28 episodes deep into those topics on the Dust and Gold Standard. And with Mike, he talks more about corruption and schemes and scams and COVID. And so I want to sort of venture outside of my latest content And she said, hey, why don't we talk about your experience uh, with the border and what you learned down at the border when you worked on your mini documentary series called Border War. And I said, okay, I have no problem doing that. I haven't been on top of that content in a while. You're going to have to catch me up uh, and, and get me caught up on that, but... Why are we talking about it? What is the significance right now? Because someone like myself, who is really post-political at this stage in my life, and I've come to realize that the border being secured is never going to happen, not here in the United States and not in any other Western country. And the reason why is because immigration, uh, especially illegal immigration, And these concocted, uh, orchestrated refugee situations are, in fact, that. They're orchestrated. And so I've come to the realization that they are concocted for the purpose of demographic warfare. And what generally happens is that we, the United States, or our allies destabilize uh, other countries generally poverty-stricken countries, generally brown countries, and then we force the poverty-stricken people to leave the areas that they are in, and then we orchestrate these caravans and these floods of poverty-stricken immigrants into the United States and other Western countries for the purpose of destabilizing those countries financially, you know, economically, culturally. And that is the purpose that it serves. It breaks up the culture 
of the current country. And you're seeing that happening right now uh, in Poland with the Russia-Ukraine situation by destabilizing that region and then forcing Ukrainians into uh, Poland. It begins to break up a country that was 97, 98% Polish. And so I said, how, how is this all going to fit in? Because I'm very black-pilled on the border. And she said, well, you know, I've been following the Steve Bannon story, and I've been covering that on the Thomas Paine podcast on Fridays. And so Bannon turned himself in in regards to the New York State indictment against him for corruption and conspiracy to commit fraud related to the We Build the Wall GoFundMe campaign. And I said, okay, okay, you know, I'm a little bored of this stuff. I look at this as WWE wrestling clown world uh, shenanigans, but tell me a little bit more. So then she says that Steve Bannon had come out on Charlie Kirk, that's uh, Turning Point USA's uh, show, and made a statement that there were 35 raids, he used the term raids, against uh, Trump-related, Trump-connected um influencers backers and such and then tucker carlson came out and commented on it and i know she's been on a tear against uh, the trading card hero tucker carlson and so i said yeah yeah okay i think we could do this and she said well i want you to go back and talk about the border war stuff that you did what you learned down there all this intelligence that you gathered that was never in the mainstream media and so i said all right let's do it well it turned out i think to be a fantastic show and so that drops i think probably right now while i'm speaking on the thomas Paine podcast and then i will re-air it tomorrow night right here on the dustin gold standard for you uh in the meantime folks I would appreciate if you go over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review and a comment. I appreciate it. It keeps me motivated. It helps move up the podcast. Or go to Thomas Paine's website. That would be paine.tv slash gold. Use slash gold and join. And that helps us. You get the video-free version of this podcast as well as the video-free version of i'm sorry the video ad free version of the dustin gold standard and the video ad free version of the thomas Paine podcast as well as access to the wonderful community of like-minded individuals over there it's not an echo chamber it's a place where you can share information join groups similar to facebook groups where there's people talking about gardening technology prison planet corruption all types of things over there and you don't have to worry about the trolls and the riffraff so i particularly like it you're not going to change any minds over there because everyone is pretty much on the same page but you will pick up some great knowledge some new things and you can share your ideas so what we are going to do tonight folks what we are going to do all right as i've talked about as we are wrapping up the peter thiel series i wanted to next get into operation paperclip which as you know if you've been listening to the show or you've studied this on your own which i know many of you have 
uh, was a program uh, created by the United States following World War II, where we brought in 1,500 Nazi scientists and engineers into the United States and installed them into, you know, the CIA, NASA, put them in charge of government programs like building rockets, uh, biotechnology programs, uh, torture, mind control, all kinds of fun stuff, right? And so... I really wanted to do that. I've been investigating it. I've been going really deep. I intentionally have not listened to anyone else's podcasts, uh, podcasts on paperclip. I mean, I did years ago, but I don't go and listen to podcasts if I'm about to talk about it because I want it to come from my own research and hopefully then it becomes a different angle, a different flavor, a different way to look at these things. I don't want to just regurgitate what other podcasters or, or journalists have talked about. But I decided, folks, that what we had to do before I tap into Paperclip, because one of the things I'm going to focus on with Paperclip is Paperclip's possible connection to sort of the buildup, and it was in existence before, but I mean the big buildup, the big boom in Silicon Valley that we now know is completely flooded with cia and government and military money okay we know that's all going on so i said well i wonder if paperclip ties into silicon valley uh paperclip guys ended up in huntsville alabama which is sort of part of nasa's control we have missile defense there there's a lot of technology it's sort of a uh, another Silicon Valley. So I've started doing research into that. And what I found is there's not a lot of people who have talked about it. So I've been trying to make some connections between Paperclip and Silicon Valley that others have not put together. And again, if you've heard anyone talk about it, then I am interested because I don't want to regurgitate their information. And if, if they've done a great job, I'll try to bring them on as a guest. So let me know at gold at pain.tv. That's the email, gold at pain.tv. But what I decided is we're going to have to get into the Internet of Things, the Internet of Bodies, uh, the Internet of Senses, and the Metaverse first. And the reason why I'm doing this, let me explain, folks. I have brushed over these terms during the first 27 episodes. And I think I have to go back now and clarify what all these things are, what this Internet of Everything is, what the metaverse actually is. I've done little sidebars on it in shows, but I haven't really broken it down for you. And it's very important to understand this stuff because as I talk about paperclip, and I talk about what some of these Nazi scientists and engineers were working on here. A lot of that is the precursor to what the Internet of Things and Internet of Bodies and Internet of Everything is. You know, what the metaverse is, which is essentially a giant mind control matrix prison planet digital cyber world you're going to live inside of if these guys get their way. So I'm going to roll back and we're going to go over all of this stuff in this show. And it may expand into two shows because there's a very important conference we have to watch that came out of the World Economic Forum. It's not something that I've seen a lot of people cover, if any. I'm not, I'm not totally sure. Obviously, I don't listen to everything out there. 
But this was a conference in 2022, a few months ago, in which uh, four or five of these goobers sit down and they're actually talking about the metaverse. Now, to some of us and to many people you know, you might laugh it off and you say, well, the metaverse, it's just a second life video game that now Mark Zuckerberg changes the name of Facebook to Meta and they're marketing their metaverse, which is basically a digital world you live inside of and access through their Oculus virtual reality goggles. But no, folks, it's much bigger than that because, again, you would not have these goobers sitting on a stage at the World Economic Forum in front of the most powerful, influential, wealthy people in the world, from heads of state to CEOs to bankers uh, to people in the public health arena, talking about the metaverse if it was just a video game because all these people wouldn't sit there and waste their valuable time when they could be out destroying the world and crushing humanity if this wasn't a conference about destroying the world and crushing humanity. And so we're going to have to get into that and give you this sort of 40,000-foot view of the metaverse before we move into Paperclip. But we're going to get into Paperclip this week. So what I want to do tonight is start with the Internet of Things. But first, we're going to go backwards a little bit, and we're going to watch a couple of short videos from our friend Klaus Schwab. I've never really played a lot of videos on Schwab here on this show because other people have done it. But you have to understand what Klaus Schwab is talking about when he talks about the fourth industrial revolution. You have to understand that because the fourth industrial revolution is what drives the expansion of the Internet of Things, Internet of Bodies, Internet of Senses, and brings them together in what is the Internet of Everything, which then becomes this metaverse which is this digital world you will live in and then you will come out into the natural world, but the natural world will be completely hijacked and taken over and basically be a giant surveillance state, a prison planet surveillance state. So you can be free inside of the cyber world or be in prison out here in the real world. Either way, you're in prison. It's scary stuff, folks, but it's true. So we're going to look at what Klaus Schwab says on the fourth industrial revolution. And rather than me reading a bunch of articles to you with Klaus Schwab's words, we're going to listen to him. I will have to jump in here and there to explain it because his accent is very thick, as many of you may know, and it's hard to understand him sometimes. And then with some of these World Economic Forum videos, they like to put creepy music behind him uh it's like they're producing videos for this james bond villain and so it becomes difficult to sort of comprehend what he's saying and i will just stop and break that down for you and then from there we're going to jump into the internet of things i have a few articles that explain it more in depth but there's also a few videos so there's going to be a lot of video in here tonight folks so you're not going to have to listen to me talk as much as you normally do i know you love 
hearing me blab and and sidebar all the time but i'm going to use videos tonight and then i will fill in the details with articles mainly from the world economic forum because they are the driving force and then rand corporation nothing to do with rand paul but the rand corporation and we'll tell you who they are and just show you um, how they're connected to the world economic forum so it makes sense why i'm using them as a source okay ladies and gentlemen we're going to take a quick break when we come back our buddy our friend our dear leader klaus schwab i am dustin gold this is the dustin gold standard and you're listening to pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard. Let's kick it up a notch, folks. I'm right here on pain.tv slash gold. And we are going to jump right into this, folks. So let's just start here real quick. I'm on the World Economic Forum website. That's weforum.org, weforum.org. And this is an article from March 2021. What is the Internet of Things? And so it says right here, from soil moisture sensors being used to optimize farmers' yields to thermostats and thermometers, the Internet of Things, IoT, is transforming the way we live and work. It goes on to say billions of networked smart devices, uh, I'm sorry, smart physical objects around the world on city streets and homes and hospitals are constantly collecting and sharing data across the internet, giving them a level of digital intelligence and autonomy. Okay. Around a quarter of businesses were using IoT technologies in 2019, according to McKinsey, up from 13% in 2014. And let me just tell you here, uh, there are more connected devices than people in the world. According to the World Economic Forum's State of the Connected World report, and it is predicted that by 2025, 41.6 billion devices will be capturing data on how we live, work, move through our cities and operate and maintain the machines on which we depend. And just to throw this in here, the digital transformation that is taking place due to emerging technologies, including robotics, the Internet of Things, and artificial intelligence, is known as the Fourth Industrial Revolution. And COVID-19 has accelerated the use of these technologies. Now, I believe over the last few episodes, I'm not patting myself on the back here, I'm just stating a fact, we have shown you how COVID was the Great Reset, and that ushered in the Fourth Industrial Revolution, and now we're living in that right now. And as we see this sort of old economy, this old world being replaced with the new economy, new world, as uh, Peter Thiel said, you're seeing these technologies being rolled out. And if you listen to what I just read on World Economic Forum's website, the Internet of Things is essentially a giant Big Brother prison planet. 
So now let's go back a second, as I mentioned before the break, and let's look what Klaus Schwab says about the false industrial revolution. Because as the last paragraph talking about Internet of Things says, IoT and artificial intelligence coming together is known as the fourth industrial revolution and COVID has accelerated the use of the technologies of the fourth industrial revolution. So let's listen to Klaus. And the question is, what is the fourth industrial revolution? The fourth industrial revolution will impact our lives completely. It will not only change how we communicate, how we produce, how we consume, it will change actually us, our own identity, which of course gives life uh, to such uh, policies and uh, developments like uh, smart traffic, smart government, smart cities. Okay, pause for a second, just so you can absorb that. He's saying it's going to change our entire life from smart traffic to smart cities and such. And so it, the, the, the whole thing is, is that the decision has been made, and now we are watching them usher this in as they pretend that this was inevitable and somehow just came together organically. When it's not organic at all, it's completely orchestrated through think tanks like the World Economic Forum. And through the way they do this, and we'll do this in another show, but they utilize their big giant bankers uh, like BlackRock, like Vanguard, State Street, and others. And so when these guys buy big, big portions of these publicly traded companies, and then they make investments into private companies like we've seen with Peter Thiel, Elon Musk, the CIA, and others, they're then able to control those companies. And that is how effectively you merge the private and public sectors, yet calling it a public-private partnership when really it is just a public hijacking of the private sector if there ever really was one. Okay, so that's what he's referring to now. It's going to affect everyone's lives. Here we go. What we will see is that uh, everything will be integrated into a ecosystem. Everything will be integrated into an ecosystem. He's talking about the fourth industrial revolution. We're going to get into the Internet of Everythings and the metaverse, which is what he's talking about, what is coming in the fourth industrial revolution. Driven by big data and uh, driven uh, particularly by close cooperation also of governments uh, with um, uh, business, civil society, and this revolution will come. Now, hold on. You heard what he said. It's going to be driven by big data. And as his king philosopher, his right-hand man, Yuval Noah Harari, has said, data is gold. Those who control the data will be the gods of the future, right? The gods of the new era. And so he's saying it'll be driven by big data. And then he said it'll be executed by these partnerships between the public and private sectors by governments. Okay? And that's what I just explained to you. Um, at a breathtaking speed, it will be like a tsunami. And actually, it's not just a digital element. He said it would be like a tsunami, not a piece of salami. Salami is Anthony Fauci, actually prosciutto, but Klaus is saying it'll come like a tsunami, as we're seeing it happen now. It's digital, of course physical, it's nanotechnology, but it's also biological. 
It's digital, it's physical like nanotechnology, and it's biological. And those three dimensions provides a particular force to this revolution. So, and then that provides the force to the uh, revolution. What the World Economic Forum is doing is to promote uh, this public-private cooperation to master the force industrial revolution. Yeah, so he's promoting the merger of governments and the private sector to usher in the force industrial revolution. Okay, I, I know it's hard to understand him. I apologize. The question on the screen is, what will be the impact of the force industrial revolution? The force industrial revolution will have uh, multifold impacts. Of course, every industry will be digitalized, will be disintermediated, and has to define a new business model. Every industry will be digitized and have to define a new business model. Okay, so you see the decision is already made. He is like the chairman of the board of changing the entire world, but pretending that it's just happening organically. But it's not only business which is affected. It's government which has to move over to agile government. It is society as a whole with the danger of uh, job losses, but also with the need. So he's saying now it's going to affect private sector, it's going to affect governments, it's going to affect society as a whole, and there will be job losses. To reskill and upskill people uh, fast, uh, so there's an impact on society. So uh, we will have to prepare very well for this revolution. And I feel that the Asian countries with a relatively young population uh, can manage and master this revolution easier compared to other countries in the world. So he's saying the Asian countries with a younger population can master the revolution uh, much easier than other countries because basically what they're saying is that sort of the blue-collar workforce is going to be put out of business. That's what he's saying. Uh, everyone who is not some sort of you know, engineer, which I believe eventually they're gone, as Elon Musk said, as artificial intelligence starts to write its own code, then you won't even need the programmers and the engineers any longer. The question, how could we prepare for this revolution? Um, what is particularly important is the educational system. Um, we have to change the educational system, which is still very much anchored, even in the 19th century, uh, we have to adapt it to the need to change continuously, for example, jobs. So the new educational system has not only been aiming at uh, developing digital capabilities, and I should add ethical norms, but it also has to... Yeah, so he's saying the education system now has to develop these, you know, sort of... Um be able to teach all of this new digital fourth industrial revolution tech and then ethical norms, you know, because remember, they always have to be ethical when they're going to destroy humanity, put them out of work and execute billions of humans. Oh, yeah, no, it'll be ethical, though. It will be ethical. Be based on a lifelong educational system. Yeah, now he says, based on this lifelong educational system. And what he 
is talking about, I don't know if you've heard Yuval Noah Harari talk about, or even Klaus Schwab, which he talks about in his 2016 book, The Force Industrial Revolution, which we're going to let him tell us a little bit about in a moment. But what they're talking about is that we're going to reach this exponential growth of technology in which technology will advance so rapidly that you as a human will say, okay, I'm a truck driver and I'm losing my job to an autonomous vehicle. So I am going to try to stay in my field and I'm going to become trained as a a mechanic for an autonomous vehicle. But almost immediately upon you getting those degrees, those licenses or whatever, what have you, a robot will take your job as a mechanic on an autonomous vehicle. And so then you leave being a mechanic on an autonomous vehicle and you train to be an engineer for an autonomous vehicle design. And then shortly after you getting that job, you get replaced because they develop an AI that engineers autonomous vehicles. And so you end up in this cycle where you are never comfortable, never stable. There's no security because you constantly keep getting replaced by technology, by artificial intelligence, by robotics, by quantum computing. And so that is where this idea that Yuval Noah Harari comes up with of useless humans. And so I don't know how Klaus Schwab or Yuval Noah Harari think that if this really takes place, if we get to the point of this exponential growth of technology, why they don't think they'll be replaced with AI, just like the Ms. Tangyu CEO AI or the teal-backed robot lawyer AI that we've seen. But the reason why they know they're safe is because these guys are flesh and blood, they're behind the scenes, and they're actually the architects of this entire dystopian future. They also believe once technology hits exponential growth, they're going to hit what Ray Kurzweil calls the singularity, which Peter Thiel backed, we know, now that I um, explained that to you on the show. And so they believe at that point they are going to merge with the AI and with the machine. And so they will become these all-powerful humanoid cyborgs that live in this cross-world between the metaverse and the natural world, which is choked out and strangleholded by, um, there'll be a stranglehold by this sort of internet of everything. So they're going to have control of the world, the natural world through technology, and then they'll also be the rulers as their mind-uploaded brains live inside the metaverse. I know it sounds crazy, but when you listen to what they're talking about and you see the amount of effort, energy, creativity, uh, management, administration, bureaucracy, and, and, um, and just you know, manpower that is going into developing this stuff, you can come to no other logical conclusion than this is what 
these guys are building. And I will further prove that when we get back from this short commercial break because I need to jump in to the metaverse, ladies and gentlemen. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to pain.tv slash gold. Come and join us, folks. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 